everybody was good everybody was good everybody thank you all for tuning in to man to man the best nba show where we bring you the latest topics around the nba you can find us on all streaming platforms as well as on the dash radios nothing but net channel this is your co-host andy elliott alongside your co-host liam the hoop star nash talk to me hoop tell some tell us something that the people don't know about you this week what'd you do Nothing. This week was absolutely of, nothing. Probably absolutely nothing. This is one of those weeks that I've had not much on the plate. I've been doing no. some gambling. Not not great the gambling. gambling. Uh, we know that, right? Yeah, not great gambling. But other than that, man, it's just been a. Uh, I'm catching up on a lot of things. What about yourself? You're back from California, I see. Yeah, yeah. Still jet lagged a little bit. Uh, not falling asleep till about. No, 3.30 a.m. in the morning, so it's it's feeling a little weird over here, kind of uh, trying to get back to adjusting to my uh, my normal schedule that I was on. Glad to be back in Nashville. It's feeling cold out. It's like, you know, I need seasons, you know, out there. You don't have seasons. I get it. It's cool. You like it. A lot of people from California are moving to Nashville and the South because, hey, we like seasons. We want seasons. It's getting nice out. It's Halloween time. Speaking of Halloween, we got our merch coming out in the next couple of weeks, weeks probably the week right before uh, before Halloween hits. We got Halloween sweatshirts, the man-to-man, the NBA show. Uh, stay tuned for that. It's going to be super cool. We might tie-dye like half of the sweatshirts. I don't know yet, but we were going to do T-shirts. People were saying, no, it's cold. We want bond. We want to sit out, uh, in, out in the bonfire with sweatshirts on. Okay, we got you. Hey, little recap of last week, Hoop, before... <laughs> set up Liam and I talked about the finals predictions and what both teams need to do in order to I don't know take the Louis Vuitton Larry home with them I guess uh, listen go check it out uh, wherever you get your podcast like subscribe to our YouTube page and most importantly who share with your mothers right share with your moms is that what you're gonna say share with your moms man <laughs> we've only had a couple moms hit us up on the dms they're saying hey my son's listening to you You guys are explicit you know the, he's listening out there t- i don't care as long as you're listening get in the game mother madre you're listening show everybody on zoom uh, if you're rocking with us during you know your son's classes and all that listen to man to man give us a shout out we love you uh and we also thank you but hey this week hoop it's on the agenda, baby. Joe Rogan style again, my guy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We had the chance to interview Miami Heat rim protector Kyle Alexander. What his experience has been like as a rookie in this unique situation uh, called a bubble in Orlando, let alone what his experience has been like being in the NBA Finals. But before that, we want to shout out our good friends over at Yaz Apparel. We got to do it to him, Yaz. What's good, my guy? <laughs> Uh, the hottest streetwear available on the market. They got the most exclusive, fresh, trendy items, including different color set hoodies. You're rocking with the T-shirts. You're rocking with the hoodies. It's going to fit perfectly in your everyday attire. NBA players like, I don't know, what's his name? Jackson Hayes plays Alonzo Ball. He's a fucking stud in the wall. Uh, he's got one. Hey, every item sold. They donate clothing to the homeless. It's a win-win. You look good. You do it for a good cause. Plus, what's at the checkout? 50% off, my guy. So go get your hoodies. Go get your sweatshirts. 
That's yasapparel.club. We'll throw the link in the description, my guy. All right, so with no time wasted, we had the honor to sit down with Miami Heat Kyle Alexander on Man to Man, the best NBA show where we bring you the latest topics around the NBA. Kyle, thank you for taking the time. What's going on, my brother? How you doing, man? Not much. How you doing? Hey, we're better now. Um, Kyle, you probably have no idea, but we graduated in the same class at Tennessee last year. Can I get a go Vols? Go Vols, man. VFL. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Hey, we're both from Tennessee. Got the dub today. We look good in football, right? Eric Gray next Kamara, maybe? Man, I, I wasn't watching. I'm sorry. We had a lot of stuff that we were <laughs> I know doing. you weren't. I know you weren't, but we're balling. Yeah. Obviously, like college ball, obviously you guys had a hell of a run with Barnes along with J-Bone, Schofield, Grant, and everyone else involved in that organization. For the people that may not know you, you're currently in the bubble going up against LeBron and company for the NBA Finals. I guess the people got to know, dude, What what's on the pregame playlist? What you listening to, Kyle? What you got? Yeah. Um... You know, I'm from Toronto, so it's always it's always a lot of that Drake. Okay, always got okay. that Drake on. Yeah, you know, um, he he. That's honestly that's what's going on a lot in like the the pre warm up on the court. They got a lot of Drake going. They got a lot of little baby, a lot of that stuff. So I kind of just listen to whatever they got playing. So you got your own play? Are they, are they letting you play the ox in the locker room? I know you know the rookie and all that. Uh, right? nah, 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 <laughs> They're not nah, letting you get on the ox. Nah, the vets have that one, man. Nah, they <laughs> what? Have that one. What about Jimmy Buckets and uh, the country music? I, I know you're, you know, you were, you were in Tennessee for four years at least. I mean, you got a little bit of country behind you, know? Jimmy playing any of that? You spend four years in Tennessee, you're gonna, you're gonna start to appreciate some country music. <laughs> <laughs> I, you, I, love, I, ha, I don't have a problem with country music, and yeah, he does play a lot of it, and I like it too. Uh, okay, he actually, okay. he doesn't know this, but uh, he actually put me on. He's been listening to a lot of uh, Florida Georgia Line. No, I mean, uh, he did not. You are not listening to Florida Georgia Line. <laughs> yeah, man. So I like that. I kind of, I kind of like their vibe. I kind of, I'm digging it. Okay, okay. So we got the Drake. When's the album coming out? I'm, dude, I'm bumping the the what is it? Live, love now, cry. I can't remember it ever, dude. You you bumping right. that? Love now, coming? cry later. Yeah, yeah you bumping yeah. that one? I mean, it's it's. But this is the thing with Drake. He's so loved and appreciated worldwide that. The second he drops anything, it's like immediately mainstream. You're gonna hear it yeah. ten times yeah, a day, yeah, yeah. no matter where you go. No matter exactly. What. So you're gonna. It hear was it. That one slaps. Yeah. So the the rest of the album should be should be a good one. So cool deal. Cool. We got the playlist. The Toronto boy got some Drake. Okay, we with you, Kyle. We with you. Um, I guess I'll start by. I guess for us, we know. I mean, we did a little bit of our research. You kind of grew up more playing soccer and volleyball, and it wasn't until kind of later on basketball kind of took that over I guess what was uh like made you switch into and what when did you know that you had that future or you could have a future in basketball what was that transition like or yeah so my dad is the reason I switched over um I kind of stopped like my freshman year of high school I kind of just like when I was about 14 I kind of just like stopped wanting to play soccer too and I didn't play anything my whole freshman year and um, my dad came up to me. I was like six, seven. I love playing video games, though. And it was like the summer. And he had left, went to work, came home for lunch like five hours later. And I was still in my room playing video games. And he was like, nah, this isn't it. So and it, it ain't uh, happening. Uh, and he said, it yeah, ain't happening. You uh, got to get out and do something. So, exactly. So he came. And apparently one of his friends had told him about this place called Bobby Allen Skills Academy. It's in uh, it's a place in Ontario. Uh, he just took me there. And the first day there, the dude was like, yeah, you have a lot. He's like, you're really raw, but you have potential. And so I was like, okay, I mean, this dude played professional basketball. He's telling me I have potential, you know, I'm sure he's not just, maybe just wants some more money, but who knows, you know? So 
I went in there and first day I couldn't even, I tell everybody, first day I couldn't do a left-hand layup. There's like 12-year-old kids in there. I'm 16, 12-year-old <laughs> kids in there with more skill. It was embarrassing, man. So embarrassing. And so I remember I went home, pulled my sister's net out from the side of the house, put it in the driveway and just started practicing. And I remember just going through that and that being like my drive, you know, that was like the first thing where I was like, okay, like I have like a work ethic. So that kind of just started it. And then um, I got a scholarship to play prep school and then went there, played with Jamal Murray and Thon Maker and all them. And then um, I think what kind of just did it for me was I kind of always needed to take like time. Like I know my first years at Tennessee were rough. If you remember those, yeah. <laughs> uh, they were rough years, but I think I spent a week with Grant Williams at his house mm-hmm. and we played every day. We, every morning we went and played with pros. And I remember just, I was able to hang with them. Like I was playing with dudes who had already spent two years in the league and dudes that were vets. And I was actually hanging, hanging around and scoring and doing stuff. And I was like, okay, you know, I can do this. So. That was like, that was one of the few moments. Okay. So pretty much you couldn't hit the left-hand layup a week later, you're absolutely dominating. And then the, the soccer and volleyball friends, you kind of just pushed them over to the side. Maybe I'll hang out on the weekends or okay. Okay. Yeah. No, nah, I mean, I just played <laughs> soccer with just random people in Canada. So I don't really have no like friends in that, but no, yeah, yeah I just kind of push that to the side, you know? Yeah, no, I hear you. So uh, Kyle, you, you briefly touched up on playing with Jamal, another guy along with Andrew Wiggins from Toronto in the bubble. Did you ever hang out with Jamal or was there like another guy maybe on the Miami Heat that you kind of clicked with and that's your homie in the bubble or, or who do you hang out with the most, I guess? Yeah, so I actually, I never played with Andrew Wiggins. I just want to make sure I put that out there. But but no, yeah, I did. I did. I hung out with Jamal a lot. That's like my brother, man. Like we, he was my roommate that second year that I was at uh, Orangeville Prep. You know, we, we've been through a lot together. So no, that's my guy. We definitely hung out here a lot. Um, on my team, Chris Silva, which is actually funny because I went against him for four years. Yeah, um, yeah, he played for South Carolina. I like was we almost fought my freshman year, and like <laughs> now he's like my dog. So him, Jamal, and then Grant and Admiral were both in the bubble too right. at the beginning. And oh then, yeah, and yeah. actually was playing Grant um, in the conference finals. So yeah, I had a lot of my boys here. So I spent a lot of time with those guys. And then um, Gabe Vincent, who's also on a two way here, I spent a lot of time with him. And um, you know, those are kind of just the dudes I spent a lot of my time with here. Are you trying the big face coffee yet, or is that a, or is that overrated? I heard it's a little bit overpriced. It is a little overpriced, you know, twenty dollars a cup, no matter what size. <laughs> I think that's pushing it a little bit, but um, no, I, I got one cup from him. I got a mocha. Um, I've never drank coffee before. I got to the bubble, so that was like okay. my second cup I think I ever drank. So yeah, no, it was it was cool. I mean, I haven't really drank coffee since, but it was it was a nice little cup of coffee. I mean, so let's talk about basketball. I mean, I know you suffered a knee injury kind of earlier this year. You were doing the rehab and everything else. How did you as a player kind of stay ready during this kind of shutdown and the quarantine? And then when did you actually get that go-ahead call from the the Heat that you were going to get a chance to kind of travel with them into the into the bubble? Yeah, so I did get – I got injured in um, – I got injured January 5th, actually. I know the exact date. It's my sister's birthday, too. That sucked. I was doing well, man, doing well. And then lucky enough to get signed with the Heat. And then, you know, during quarantine was rough, man, because, like, they closed down the facilities. And so at that point, I had actually gotten cleared two days before the hiatus hit. So, like, I did one workout, and then the next day, I was, like, so excited. Man. I was like, I'm back, like, I'm ready to go. And then the next day, the league got shut down. So I was like, wow. So then I got, like, so I was living in a hotel in Miami. And we, they kind of just kept us there the whole time, you know, and then um, they had kind of implemented and, and kind of put it out there that if we go to the bubble, that you guys will come, you know, me and Gabe is two ways they're going to bring us, you know, because Miami's really about development. And like, I've developed so much players that have been here. It's been, I, I kind of knew, but quarantine was hard, man. It was hard because 
the NBA put out a memo saying don't trip, don't train anywhere else. Right. And then we had a lot of people test positive. So then they shut down the gym a couple of times and I had already been out for four months. So yeah. <laughs> it was Wait. like, uh, it, it was rough, man. It was rough. Did you, uh, did you stay in Miami? Did you go back to, to Canada? Where was nah, your... So, you know, that's when all the, if you leave the country, you got to quarantine for 14 days type right. deal was happening. So they were like, we don't want you to leave, have to quarantine and then come back here after quarantine. Right. That's like a month you're spending in, in, a, in a isolated. So they're like, it's probably better if you stay. And I was like, shoot, if you guys are asking me to stay, I'm staying. You know, if you're, not, <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you're not getting rid of me yet, I'm staying. So yeah, um, I stayed in Miami the whole time. And yeah, like I said, it was rough, man. Um, Cause you couldn't really do anything. I was just, I, I had just gotten cleared. Like I said, my knee wasn't hundred percent. So I was wearing a brace. I was just going out every day running. Like I go out, run two miles. And then when we could go in the gym, I'd go in, we'd get our 45 minutes on the court, 45 minute lift and then leave. And then that was it. And then like the next week there were protests because there's a lot going on. Right. So then they would be like, okay, workouts are canceled. And then the next day somebody caught COVID during the test. So it's like, okay, the workouts are canceled. So I was like, man, oh it's hard God. to get a rhythm. Can't so catch, it was rough. Can't man. catch a break, rough. man. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was hard, man. It was. but Well, well so many ups and downs, but, you know, at the end of it, what you're talking about, they invite you to the bubble. Yeah, like, exactly. no question about it, not thinking about it. So let's talk about, so you get your debut in the bubble in this quote-unquote regular season against the Bucks. How, I mean, what was that like? You know, you, you get, you know, you're ready to play again, and then you just jump into competitive basketball like that. Yeah, so I'll say this. It, it, was, it was interesting because I went from, being injured for four months and then coming, being cleared and then being out for another three months. So I, I spent seven months not, <laughs> not playing basketball. So Golly. to then come to the bubble and play with, you know, a, a finals worthy team with yeah. two all-stars, you know, it was, it was interesting at first, you know, I definitely felt behind. I felt like I was a freshman in college again. Um, I just <laughs> fell behind. I wasn't in the shape I needed to be in, you know, and it was, it was difficult, but I've, I've honestly done so much, gotten so much better developing now. And that that time I got against the Bucks was awesome, you know, yeah. just to be on the court. Even though it was like the last two minutes of the game, I don't care. Man, it's a blessing. You know, a lot of people can't even say that they played in an NBA game. So just to be able to be out there and then get my first rebound and then later on play against Indiana and get my first points. Um, I was going to say, Kyle, that's that's our uh, our diehard team, the Pacers, man. You fall, you play on it. Kyle in there, man. Now. Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was awesome, man. It was awesome. I mean, um, I feel like I'm and what's crazy is I feel like I am like three times the player right now than I was when I played like a couple months ago. So, um, you know, it's it's awesome just the developing that I've done. And yeah, I mean, it's a blessing. I don't know what else to say. Yeah. I'm just so happy that they brought me here and they put so much time into me. And um, I've been doing so much, you know, I've been working on myself so much in here and it's been paying off. I mean, what, what was like the main thing that you did to keep kind of busy in the bubble? I mean, you mentioned that you hung out with Jamal and, you know, mm -hmm. Schofield and all the kind of your boys. But what were you guys going on the boat? Are we fishing down there? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Are we playing some uh, bags? Yeah. What's your what was your like go to, <laughs> you know, so. They hey, um drinking a beer, maybe we see JJ shotgunning. I don't know. Or Myers Leonard, your boy Myers, on the scene yeah. shotgunning. No, you know. I don't think anybody on this planet can beat that man in the shotgun competition. <laughs> Honestly, like but no, they you can go fishing here, you can go golfing, you know, they have all that stuff. I didn't do any of that. Um, just because as a rookie, I just spent so much time. Like yeah, I yeah. lift and I work out twice a day every day I'm in here. I lift only, I lift four days straight, then I take a break, and then I go four days straight, then I take a break. So I literally am going like three times a day, every day. Right. Um, after every game, I watch film and I send a review to the coaches. So like, just like my mind has been so in it right now that like, I wasn't able to do all that. But my go-to when I was in here was we'd play cards, man. Like just yeah. 
and spend some time with your boys. Like I, I was spent four years with Admiral. I've known Jamal for seven years, Grant for three, or no, Grant, I spent three years with him and then this year. So just to be able to spend that time and just unwind with them and chill. They taught me how to play spades. And then uh, my teammates here from the Heat, uh, Goran, uh, Gabe, and Jimmy taught me how to play phase 10. I had never even heard of phase 10 before I came in here. So Phase 10, um, I've never. What about Catan? Weren't you guys playing Catan in college? No. Uh, Grant was. I refused to play Catan. <laughs> <laughs> I've never played it. I don't know what it is, but I always saw that on, like, the Vol Hoops thing. I'm like, what is that, dude? Yeah. No, I don't, I don't know, man. It's some board game where you, like, trade, <laughs> like, we would in material. I couldn't. I never. I refused to play, man. I, I knew I'm too much of a a low key nerd. I would have gotten into it, and I didn't want to get into it. So I was like, y'all got it. But I, I was playing Phase Ten, and I I learned how to play Spades in here too. Phase Ten. I'm, have you heard of Phase Ten hoop? I have not. I mean, I guess I'm gonna have to look it up now. Yeah, and, I guess we gotta. Look okay, so I guess I'm not the only one then. Sheesh. Yeah, no, no I've I, never heard of it until I got here. It's like Uno on steroids. I feel like I'd have some fun with that. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, you know, you got a bunch of doubters. We love, we, we're Pacers fans. We love when people doubt us out. We never get national exposure. F everybody else. Let's get it. I'm rocking with the heat right now. You guys have the best postseason record leading up to the finals going 12 and three since the 2016, 2017 Warriors who went 12 and 0. How has your team chemistry stayed so compact throughout the bubble? Like I said, with so many doubters counting you guys out. Um, because just the group of guys that the coach that like this organization recruits, they recruit a lot of just focused, good individuals who have chip on chips on their shoulders because they've been overlooked. You know, um, you know, obviously we got the lottery picks on this team too, but you know, everybody in here, we have, I think we have like five guys on this team that were undrafted. And then like how many second rounders, you got three guys on here that went to like division two, II, division three schools. So it's like, you just have a bunch of dudes that had to grind. I mean, I was on our number one ranked. We were number one in the country. I think I was the lowest ranked person on that team. Yeah. <laughs> I think what? I was like, I think I was like 360. It's unbelievable. I was like 360 something in the nation. Like it was terrible. Um, so just, just, just a bunch of dudes who are just really like locked in individuals and take this stuff serious, you know, good heads on our shoulders. I think that we just, we came in here and we just, we had a, a mission and a goal, really good coaching staff that pushed us really hard. I'll, I'll ask this then. What was it like? We we know that you guys took care of the Bucks. What was that series like for you and knowing that I think everybody, not everybody, obviously, but a lot of people had the Bucks kind of making it to the finals. What was that mission and what was that kind of attitude going into that series when you guys ended up just pretty much taking control from? I'd say cook on. <laughs> yeah, we, you guys cook. You got cooked. That's one of our th- sayings yeah. here. You guys pretty much cooked them. So what was that yeah. kind of series like facing up? Um, it was awesome because just to watch the kind of game plan that goes into that and the thinking and the preparation, um, that's been the that's been the most fun part for me this whole time is just learning the process that goes into not only just a basketball game but the the, the playoffs. Just the thinking that I didn't even under, understand takes place. Like, and the, the schemes that you put in and the, like all that's like the understanding of all the players and their, and their move, all that stuff that goes into winning um, right. a championship. I didn't even understand. So um, the whole process was, was incredible to be a part of, but it was awesome, man, to watch yeah. playoff basketball firsthand and to see right. how, what, like the next level that players take it to when you yeah. get to this, this part, um, it's awesome. I'll I'll tell you what, Kyle, you just touched up on it a little bit, but you're filled with not only guys who have kind of been underrated their their whole careers, but you're with a lot of veterans on that team. Jimmy, we we all saw UD last night after in the middle of the third quarter, the timeout, Iguodala, Goran, other guys. 
who would you say, and even you, man, I'll tell you what, I've, I've seen you on the sidelines and you're like, you know, you're leaning up, like coaching, like on the sidelines. It seems sure, like sure. these guys are, are teaching you how to kind of be more of an NBA player in your, your first season here. But who would you say has been the guy that's given you the most guidance throughout this whole season? Man, I can't, I can't just give that to one person because they've yeah. all done, they've all been teaching so much. I'll say a couple guys. Um, so Solomon Hill, who doesn't get enough credit. That man is, that man is so wise. Like every time he speaks, I learn something. And so for him, like he's just been pulling me to the side, talking to me. Like he sat me and Chris down one time and just spit us so much game and knowledge that like I I had a whole different perspective on the NBA. Like it's crazy. Like he just, he's just really wise. And like people don't realize how smart he is. And he's just, and he's hilarious too. So he's, he's, he's a really good different type of a leader. Um, And then the second person I want to say is Myers Leonard. He constantly pulls me aside, asks me what I see, and then I'll tell him what I see, and he tells me what he sees. And then I'm like, okay. So I saw kind of the same thing, but you were a little more detailed, you know? So, like, he's been really good, too, as a vet, taking care of me in that regards, on and off the court, and then and showing me what it means to be, like, a good teammate. And then last person, even though, like, everybody's done a great job, the last person I want to say is Udonis Haslam. Um, Mm -hmm. He's, before every series, he's he's brought me and some other guys into his room and watched film with us, and that is crazy like to be able to watch film with us with a uh, like a 17 year vet or yeah. a guy who's won three championships like yeah. to watch film with him and to sit down with him and and have him like watch a player and tell me what he sees and all that and his then it's it, you can't you can't pay for that like that's that's priceless experience so um i definitely wanted to pinpoint those three guys but all these guys in here have given me so much game it's it's, it's unbelievable all these guys are just pretty much taking you under your wing i'll tell you what yeah. when we, we all saw ud last night that that energy and they even asked lebron about it after the game and he lebron saying there's one guy you want on your team to to go to war with it's udonis haslam that, that's, that a tough, that's a tough son of a gun right there man that's a he's a different breed if you could summarize what heat culture means in a couple of words for you what is because we all know heat culture is, is here. What is heat yeah. culture as, um, a, as a player? I mean, there's a T-shirt that pretty much says it that they gave us. There's like a motto and it's like um, best condition, most professional, like least unselfish, like all this stuff that just we represent. And I would say that's what it is. It's just they just want to be the best at everything. They take everything seriously. Like like this organization just does things like to a next level, like I'm sure everybody's heard of the conditioning test we do that we do like every year. Like they just, they just do things differently and they don't care what anybody thinks. Like what Spo said in the media yesterday, yesterday, they don't care. Like they have their way of doing things and they've won three championships doing it. They're going to continue to do things their way. I love it. It's, it's, it's similar to what we did at Tennessee, you know, just a different type of culture. That's what I was going to kind of ask Kyle, kind of piggyback off that question. But obviously, you know, Barnes and and leading you guys to where you guys ultimately went. I mean, you go into a heat organization. I don't know. Does that almost make it easier to transition to? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Because it's dudes who I know. I know dudes in college who I used to tell stories about what we did at Tennessee. And they used to tell me we couldn't, like, I couldn't have went there. Like, no, I couldn't have played for Barnes and I couldn't have done that. And I'm like, yeah, I know not everybody can do that. And, you know, tennis and, and Miami has the same model. Like we're not for everybody. So going to Tennessee and having that culture definitely made it 10 times easier, like to transition. Cause I'm already used to all like being held accountable, all the little details and little things that matter. And, and at this level, honestly, like you have even a little bit more freedom because like they understand that you're a man. And you're like grown and all that stuff. Not that Tennessee didn't, but 
you know, Tennessee has to be a little more, it's college, so they got to be a little more, you know, tight about it. But, you know, here it's like a little bit more freedom, but they take their stuff serious. And I love that. Once again, you're listening to Man to Man, the best NBA show. We're live with Kyle Alexander, the Miami Heats. Uh, Kyle, we know you're on a busy regiment. Uh, got a couple left for you, if that's all right here. Sure. If there's one thing that your team needs to do for this next game and for the rest of the series against this Lakers team, what is it? I think everybody would agree, uh, rebound and defend, you know, yeah. uh, we've had a hard time with that. And I think that if we can really focus on those two things with the offensive power we have, that we put ourselves in a great position to win basketball games. So that's, that's what's been being preached in the locker room right yeah. now, just rebounding and, and defensively. Among other things, but to keep it, <laughs> keep it, <laughs> to simple, keep it as know. simple as, I mean, you're yeah. only on satellite radio here, Kyle. It's all right. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, to keep it simple. And, yeah. Um, and straightforward, yeah. Rebound yeah. and defend would probably yeah. be top of our list. Yeah, play harder, a lot of rebound. I'm, I'm loving all of it, man. Well, uh, we got one last question for you, Kyle, and we ask everybody that we interview on here. Uh, best NBA show out there inside the NBA, The Jump or Man to Man? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll jump to man. Is he going to say it? Is he going to say it? You ask me what? Between who? Inside the NBA, The Jump or Man to Man. That's That's our radio show. Oh, That's our okay. name, by the way. Thank 100%. you. Kyle, yeah. come on. Go balls, baby. My bad. Go balls, man. What no, we, you're good. What are we really talking about right now? <laughs> yeah, what are we talking about right now? Yeah, come on. No, you're good. All right, Kyle. Thanks again for coming on, bro. Uh, we we wish you much success going forward and, and look forward to see, you know, how the rest of the season plays out for you, man. We we miss we wish you the a very good luck for the rest of the season. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on here. Yeah, for sure, for sure. BFL, baby. Go balls. Go balls, baby. Man, what a guy, right? Kyle, it's always fun talking to a former Vol. It's incredible to see Kyle's growth, like he was saying. Cool stuff to hear about, you know, how he, you know, started playing ball, starting at like junior year of high school, couldn't hit a left-hand layup, and then now he's he's in the NBA Finals, right, Who? Right. I mean, a guy like that, man, it was fun to watch him in, in college, especially when we, we went number one, probably there for, I'd say, consecutive two or three weeks, Tell you what, we were a football school with with Dobbs and Kamara. Then the next year, we weren't anything. And then those guys, senior year, all five of those guys, Kyle, Schofield, Grant, uh, Pons. Hey, chill out, man. Chill out. Pons and J-Bone. Um, Pons is still at Tennessee, but all those other guys are, are in the league now. So right. uh, super cool to talk to Kyle. Hopefully we do it again. Uh, Kyle, you're on man-to-man, the best NBA show. You are listening to us. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in, sticking with us. Uh, we're going to have just two more segments. We're going to do the man-to-man worthy or keep it moving. We always like to do that in our episodes. And then the gab it off hoop. We talking money or are we talking about losing money? You'll see. Yeah. Let's start us off, baby. Yeah, let's uh, get right into it with, uh, I guess, the first one up on our docket today. We got the Bam, Adebayo, and Goran Dragic just injuries, I guess. I'm going to leave it at that. Are we? Is that yeah. worthy for you? Are we... We talking about this one or what, man? Yeah, yeah. We're we're talking about it. We're recording right now, Sunday mid afternoon. Game three hasn't quite started yet, but they are listed as doubtful again in game three. But just to kind of give you guys a little heads up, out of bio suffered. It's a neck strain. It's not quite. I think it's shoulder, but more of a neck strain. Okay. Uh, and Drogic tore his uh, something in his left foot. I'm probably not going to say it right. You know how to say it? Plantar. Plantar. 
five. I, I, I can't say that last. They just made up the planter fascia, yeah. fascia maybe. I don't know. I tried to order a Starbucks aki the other day, and they looked at me like I was an idiot. It's an asia or something. I have no idea. Okay, give me the chai latte and let me go. But yeah, it, it's devastating for these two guys being out. Uh, Adebayo and, and Dragic have played essential roles in the playoffs, averaging roughly thirty-eight points combined. Uh, you know, as as the Heat. Uh, kind of go through this whole playoff contention and and now in the NBA finals uh, in, in the 428 postseason minutes that Adebayo and Dragic have been on the court together. The Heat have outscored the uh, opposing team by 55 points in the 98 minutes they have been off together. The Heat have been outscored by 42 points. That's per the NBA. So just a quick stat right there to uh, show how crucial those guys, um, they need those guys on the floor. Right. I agree. I think this was, you know, a big blow to the Miami Heat just because those are probably one of those, I mean, one or two, you know, essential players to kind of keep that whole team together, those puzzle pieces all together. And we saw it in game two kind of, they were lacking here and there. They made a run. I mean, in the in the fourth quarter to kind of help, I guess, the whole team, but obviously couldn't you know get over that hump and and win the game. But yeah, I think for them to to even come back a little bit and you know maybe win a, another game or a game in the series, yeah. they'll have to have these at least one of them on the court. So, like yeah. you said, it that- is is crucial. Crucial. Definitely, definitely a do or a do or die game. Game three, whenever you're down two zero. Oh yeah, and especially in the finals or like any series in the playoffs, it's almost impossible, right? The odds are against you, but this is a Miami Heat team that everyone has been counting out since day one, the get go, right? right? So if there's one team to do it, maybe the Denver Nuggets, but obviously we didn't see them come through. It's the Miami Heat. So uh, a big thing that Kyle was talking about rebounding, we try to get a little bit out, more out of them, but uh, it's mainly rebounding. And that's what we've seen the past two games. They've been out rebounded the past two games, offensive and defensively. Uh, I know you were talking about a possession where you saw AD get like five in a row or something like something crazy like that. I mean, just the more possessions they have, obviously there's a better chance of winning the game. So definitely crucial with, uh, without, you know, those two guys, Drogic, being another vet but just out of bio showing that presence um not quite sure who's really gonna stick on ad the whole game right i mean you you have myers leonard in there who comes in he doesn't he hasn't been playing the whole series um and even hasn't been getting that many that much hey when you chill i got three dogs right here getting much time uh before that and then you got kelly olenic he thinks he's a a a fucking brooke lopez sharpshooter from 40 out he'll hit one do the little princess hair flip and then you know, it, it ain't looking good. You know, he, he thinks he's cocky, hot shit, but he's not. So, I don't know. Maybe dress Kyle up, get him in the game, get him some PT, but definitely crucial without those two guys in the game. For sure. Let's keep it keep it right along with, I guess, we got Dwight Howard. Pretty boy Dwight Howard. He said he's been uh, having a little bit of depression throughout, you know, the mm-hmm. beginning of the bubble leading up to the finals. What right. is this? Is this worthy? Or are we keeping it moving on this one? All these guys, you know, we, we can't count them out. They are humans, right. you know, with, with DeMar DeRozan. They talk Kevin Love. Yes, these guys are just like us, too. Shoot, when we lose bets, I go through a very deep depression. We're not going to talk about that, but keep it moving. All right. Then next up, then we got Doc Rivers officially going to be the head coach of the 76ers. What are your thoughts about this? 
Yeah, let's uh, let's hit the brakes on this one real quick. Steve Ballmer, he's a nuthead. Absolutely went fucking ballistic after the Clippers blew a, a three-one lead, and, and rightfully so. Right, I get that. You're the owner, and and Doc Rivers has been there for a while. Um, I think they were saying how the the analytic experts on the the Clippers organization were telling Doc, or at least advising, not telling him, but advising Doc to play Zubac over Harrell. That he did not do. Uh, which I wouldn't have done either. I mean, those are just numbers. We all know numbers are there. They're cool and all. But, like, once in game situations, you got to play the guy who was the sixth man of the year and get him on the floor and keep him on the floor, in my opinion. Uh, one of the other reasons that Doc was let go, I'm hearing, was due to Michael Porter Jr. and his uh, great excellence in that series. Um, don't know really where this came from, but apparently uh, Porter Jr. could have been drafted. I think Bomber was he wanted Porter Jr. Um, drafted in that in that uh, in, in the draft last year as the, you know they had the 12th and 13th pick. I think they picked up Shy Gilgis Alexander and uh, Jerome Robinson, two guys who are not uh, a part of that Clippers organization anymore due to I think Robinson or Jerome's. Uh, I don't know if he's in a G League or if he's somewhere else, but uh, Gilgis Alexander was a part of that Paul George trade. Um, but like, uh, you know, you're just talking about, he could have been in, you know, he could have very well been in that trade with, uh, that Paul George trade. So I don't see Michael Porter jr. Even if he got drafted would still be in the Clippers, uh, locker room right now, a part of that team. Uh, they didn't pick him up because of medical reasons, but yeah, he fucking cooked them. So, you know, it doesn't make sense to me. Now let's talk about doc being the head coach for the 76ers now, right? We heard, Big, big names. Obviously, Philly goes big name hunting again, which is the strategy um, that got the last coach fired. Uh, the hope is the same as it has been for every other Philly move now. You know, you throw enough big names into the pot, no matter how well they mix. Close your eyes, rub your hands, and hope a championship stew gets cooked up. My question to you, who? What can Rivers change about a team that really has no capacity to change? Rivers likes to run the pick and roll. Doesn't seem like they have any guys that can really do a pick and roll pop. What's Rivers going to bring into this organization? Anything at all? I mean, I think this was the best, obviously, option for the for the 76ers. But, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just questioning about, obviously, the, the whole, you know, Embiid and Simmons. I know there's some rumors saying that, uh, ben Simmons is already on the trading block that uh, Doc Rivers wants, you know, another point guard. I don't know. It, that's what really is from my perspective. I think Doc Rivers is obviously a great coach. What will he actually bring to that team? My biggest thing is I think he'll bring change, and that's the biggest thing from top to bottom. And with that change, I think players are going to leave. We see that um, – Tobias Harris is on a big contract. I wouldn't be surprised if they moved him to open up some space for another bigger player. I mean, there's a lot of things that are, I think, possibly going to happen for this 76ers team. But the one thing that's solidified for me in this move is Embiid is not going anywhere because Doc Rivers likes having a big man, big presence mm -hmm. on the floor. So I think that almost rules it out completely. I mean, Embiid is not moving from on from the 76ers. If anybody's going to move, be moved, it might be Ben Simmons or maybe like a, a Tobias Harris. But, I mean, to answer your question, I don't, I don't really know what the change is going to be, but there are going to be big changes, I feel like, for this. 
Well, it's it's a fresh start, and you know, organizations need a fresh start, even if they are absolutely terrible, or if they're like the 76ers who need that extra guy or that somebody else to get them going. He's unquestionably a great coach, uh, and I wouldn't say he's as glued to his style as some of the other coaches. Um, fresh start is all all I can really say about that. I'm I'm just not sure what Rivers can change uh, about the fact that nothing has quite changed in Philadelphia over the past couple of years besides we see JJ Reddick kind of come out on his own podcast and say well they really effed up by by getting me out of that organization I think they needed another guy on the wing like JJ um, but they, they need a true point guard I think that's what they need and, and I think that's what we'll see whether if I know I know uh, Elton Brand likes Simmons and Embiid he, he came out right after they lost the series and said we're going to keep those guys no question no 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 doubt about that hey chill the hell out dude I got three dogs over here, um, but you could easily see like a Drew Holiday or maybe like a Vic. I don't know, maybe like a point guard, like a Drogic or somebody of that type of caliber uh, into that that Sixers organization. So I think they're overrated, but we'll see. I think Doc's a little overrated as well, but I don't know. We'll see, right? Yeah, let's uh, let's just keep it moving with Dion Waiters. We find out that he is going to get an NBA Finals ring no matter what. He started the no season with what. the Miami Heat. You know, now with the Lakers, what what do you think about this? I don't agree with that rule at all, but he gets a ring, so keep it moving. But that may be something that I I would, as Adam Silver, might, might look at again because I don't know if that's totally fair. You're not with those guys in the locker room uh, up until, you know, the NBA Finals. So, or, I, I mean, he got traded, like, early on in the season, right? So, just don't, I don't quite agree with that, but, yeah, keep it moving. All right, next big topic. Our Pacers are in the news once again. We got Vic Oladipo with all these trade talks, trade rumors. What's your thoughts on this? I know we've talked about a little bit here on Man to Man, but what, 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 what do you have for this? What do you, what I don't know, dude. So Vic came out and he said he, he values the rings more than being the best player on the team. Hmm. Okay. Was he the best player on the team this year? Hmm. I don't think so. So I uh, don't really know what that statement meant means or meant. Um, obviously got a lot of love for, for Vic, got a lot of respect for Vic. I think when he is gone, uh, wherever he gets traded to this offseason, hopefully he won't get the Paul George treatment. I, I think he, he gave us, you know, love. He's a genuine dude. Uh, been, been hearing how he's, you know, the Hornets are interested in him. Uh, Celtics could be a big name, but they got Kimba Walker. I'm like, how do you guys keep getting more money for more all-stars? I don't understand. Maybe because you're a big market team. I don't really know how any of that works. It's just not fair. Um, or possibly the 76ers, like I just said. They, you know, they could they could use a point guard. But would be kind of cool to see Vic the hell out of the East. You know what I'm saying? Like, Vic, you're, you're all good. We don't need you. But I think a lot of teams in the East need that extra player, whether it's the Miami Heat, whether it's the Bucks, whether it's literally any other team from 1 to 16 in the East that could use a Victor Oladipo. Uh, thought it would change. I, when, when Nate left and he got fired, I thought that would kind of change Victor's perspective on uh, whether he would want to stay with the team or not. I thought, you know, once – Nate's gone, maybe Vic will stay, but I guess once Nate's gone, Vic's gone too. So I don't really know their relationship. Uh, I know there was talk in, in upper management how we didn't quite treat Vic all with the, the most utmost respect. Uh, I don't think that's true. I don't believe to be that's true. I think Kevin Pritchard did a phenomenal job with holding Vic out for a year plus. 
and also paying him millions of dollars. So I don't know. Vic's gone. He's gone. That's 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 there's no rumors about that. I think he's totally gone. I think he's totally out of the Pacers lineup. The big question for the Pacers is we can't get we can't get rid of him for free, right? So who do we get him for? Do we just get money for him? Do we get cash considerations? Do we get another player? Do we get a first round? You know, it's we're not giving Vic up for free. Right. I think that is the biggest question. I'm glad you brought that one up because for me, what is Vic's, I mean, potentially just what is his value around the league? We He's coming off an injury. He didn't play great, I would say, in the bubble. You could tell that he was still getting back to his normal self. And I just don't think his value right now in the league is that high. So we, in return, if we would trade him right now, there wouldn't be too much that we would receive and, you know, back from him. I think maybe like a Celtics team, if they really are interested, could possibly, you know, throw in some picks and maybe another, you know, role player like a a Marcus Smart or something like that. But Mm -hmm. if you're talking about just true value for a guy that's coming off an injury that hasn't like really shown that he's back to, you know, his 100% self and the old Vic that we know, Mm -hmm. it's a scary position to to be a fan and just to know like in basketball, like the Pacers could take a big step back if Vic himself was traded because I don't know any other big name player or at least for right now to fill that void of what, you know, Vic was to the Pacers, you know, before he did get, get hurt because that's what I would think the Pacers would want to get in return is kind of that value of old Vic and not understanding yeah. that his value now is, you know, I think his value depreciated a little bit. Oh, after oh, yeah. Injury. oh yeah, definitely. It, it definitely had to be because the teams will use that, that, that advantage with us. Yeah. But and, we can keep Vic cause he's restricted, right? Yeah. But that's the thing. We won't, we, I don't think we will because it's just not, it's just not the thing to do for us. And so, I think we'll need to get move on from Vic one way or another. So that's interesting. So when a player nowadays says, Hey, I don't want to play here anymore, it'd be awkward to keep him pretty much. Well, yeah. If he says if he truly comes out with a full statement and says, Hey, I wanna be traded, then mm-hmm. I the Pacers have no other choice than to actually right, you know, pretty much agree and be like, Okay, we'll we'll you know, shop you out to these other teams. Right. So cool. All right. We'll keep going. Last thing we got up on the docket, we got Buddy Heald. We got who? Who? What do we got? Come on, baby. Give me some energy there, baby. Buddy Heald. Buddy Heald is ghosting people nowadays. His, yeah. His uh, coach, Luke Walton, you know, trying to stay in touch with him and what's and what, whatnot. And so, that's, I mean, he, he, I guess he's not, he's not communicating with his coach anymore. What, what do you well, think? I mean, yeah, we, we see that from other players too. Who, who was it that unfolded the, the, the bucks? Was it Giannis or some stupid shit like that? I think all that is photoshopped to begin with, but yeah, I don't know, dude, Luke Walden's kind of a creepster anyways, you know, staying in LA, we see some side stories <laughs> about him. I'd probably unfollow him and be like, don't text me in the off season. Like he, buddy Hill just probably wants to chill. He's probably just chilling on his couch 
with his friends, with his girlfriend, whatever, like doesn't want his coach texting him about like any sort of off workout. We're still in COVID right now. Keep it moving. I, I don't know. Just Luke Walton, chill, dude. Let him decide. If you let him chill, it's like when I text a girl, you know, she's not texting back for a couple hours, maybe a couple years. I say, just let it ride, my guy. We'll let it ride. Um, if they want to come back, they know how to reach you. <laughs> All right. right. I guess with that, (laughs) uh, that will do it for man to man worthy or keep it moving. Thank you guys for staying with us. Um, You guys are listening to man to man, the very best NBA show out there where we bring the latest topics around the NBA to you. I guess before we go into our last segment, we got to shout out statticapper.com. Statticapper is here to help simplify your quantitative analysis in the gambling world. Static Capper can be, you know, for a whole range of people, If whether you're new to betting, trying to learn what a good bet is, or if you've been in the game a while. Me and Toysington, we use it every day to see where we can get an edge on all of our bets. But go check them out. That's staticapper.com and help build a community of people who enjoy sports betting and provide useful insights to help the community win. Yeah. I guess we'll go into our, our, our gambling. I mean... I'm be honest with you. I've had a good week. I'll start by saying this. I've been having a good week in all my picks. I'm ten and four in picks this week, but I have nice. not won a single bet. I'm down five hundred dollars this week. It's oh my it's been, god. It's been shaky, but I have to. You know, you have to pride yourself on something when you're when you bet. And I mean, ten and four. If I took single bets, I'd probably be up. You know, obviously in the long run, but. I'm a parlay guy. I know you're a parlay guy now. Yeah. I you you got me into the parlays. I will say. Yeah, I mean that's you, you bet you're a risky better, so you gotta make you know risky risky moves and putting in you know two or three bets in a parlay. But yeah, I mean I just can't get all three. I get two. I get yeah two of the three. I get one of the two, and it's just it's been hurting me this whole entire week. But. What do you got? Well, you got any bets on on this week that you've like you've had you've hit a couple good ones this week? So I've hit a couple. I, I've I've turned in. I think like I am slowly transitioning into the quote unquote D Gen phase. I'm looking at it right now. I got a, I had a parlay early on this week, twenty to win one fifty. I, I put it on the Chiefs, but then I also uh, put it on Lakers uh, money line and under that two seventeen first game. My God. Thank you, Miami Heat, for not scoring any points in the first game. Wasn't that? I mean, the Heat or the Lakers go up like a hundred points in three quarters, and then the Heat are at like sixty-eight at the fourth quarter. So, like, I I think they hit two uh, fifteen. I know Quinn Cook. It's always those late shots. Too Quinn Cook hits a three, and they only need two more points to to go over. I'm like, fuck, fuck, shoots it, miss it. So I got that one right. I tell you what, you got me on was the the first team to score. That's very my, risky. My new favorite bet, man. The first first team to score. You won that one though. You you picked the Lakers. Well, you're always gonna pick the Lakers, and they're always gonna be favorited. But it was kind of sketchy in game two where they get the tip. Uh, also had KCP at like plus a thousand to score first. I don't know. Maybe he hits the ball and then shoots a, a quick three. I have no idea. I know you called AD and you didn't bet on it, but you were right. But you know they get they get the tip they miss the shot Miami goes down you're like ah no they missed the shot so it's that's a fun little bet to uh, gamble on uh, probably do it again 
And then, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm just looking at it, dude. Uh, I think the biggest bet that I had with this series before the series started, I bet 50 to win like 200 plus Lakers in six. I think we all wanted this all once every single year to see the finals go into a, a six or seven game. Right. right. Um, and the odds now are plus thousand over with that. They think Lakers are obviously going to win either a sweep or four one. Uh, I'm rooting for the heat. I mean, we just had Kyle on dude. I want the heat to win a game. I want the heat to make it a series. Um, just so it gives uh, Adebayo and Drogic more time. I believe those guys will be back by game four. If they win uh, game three, I don't know. Maybe one of the two guys in game four, but both guys in game five. That's just where I'm standing with that bet right now. Um, but, you know, I'm I'm, all, I'm also a big, like, player props. Like, KCP over one and a half threes. My God. You shoot ten of them a game, and you make, like, only one. He clutches one at the end of the yeah. end of game two with, like, a minute left. Sweating my nuts off. I'm like, golly, okay, KCP probably not doing that again. But, yeah, just doing a bunch of parlays, whether it's baseball, football. Always try to get some Lakers in. I know you got a, a bet on the game tonight, right? Yeah. I mean, I would say this would be, you know, I need this one to hit or I have a terrible week. But for ten, uh, um, for game three, got Lakers money line, Lakers in, in, in the heat over. Uh, I got the alternate spread at 208. Got a real good number at, I think it was minus 220 at the time. And then Tyler Hero has not scored over 20 points in this series, and I got him under 18 and a half. Um, that's, I mean, the parlay is plus 190. I think it's a good, safe, you know, bet for me to get back on the right side. You know, make sure I don't have a terrible, terrible week. But yeah. I think I think that's a good one if you're if you're looking for a bet, um, you know, to make some money. But Okay, so if there's one bet you would advise, would it be that one? I would I would take Tyler Hero under 18 and a half for sure. Say we're say we're talking about game props. Game props. Uh I would take the I would take your I would take you mentioned this to me, but I think for this game three, I think Miami Heat comes out contributing in all aspects of the game. And I would take the points for the Heat. I think it's at nine and a half right now. Yeah, so I, I would plus nine and a half. Yeah. yeah I think I think it won't be a blowout like we see in game one and two because the Heat are kind of up against the, that wall and, and the backs against the wall. So I think they'll make it close. They probably won't actually win this game. I don't see them winning this game, but they'll definitely make it close. And we saw in the fourth quarter in game two that they made that push and cut it to about 10. So I think not plus nine and a half is a really good bet for, you know, for the Heat. So I would take that we, one. We, we, I like that one. We see Eric Spolstra. We talk about it. We talked about it with Kyle a little bit. They they can make adjustments on the fly. No telling what they did yesterday. I know Kyle was talking about, man, we filmed. We did film twice yesterday. We were on the court for a couple hours, like pretty much all day. And that's not the heat just going over everyday routines that they do. Eric Spolstra is that kind of guy that's saying, okay, let me see what I got in my back pocket. Probably pulling different things out of his out of his pockets left and right. I got a hot take for you, Hoop. All right, give it to me. We saw it last game. My God, if J.R. Smith is getting minutes in the NBA Finals after after a year plus of not playing in the NBA, can we please see a guy who's been on the team for 20 years in the Miami Heat organization get some minutes? The guy that hypes 
up the younger guys in, in the third quarter timeout. Can we not see that one guy on the court and just see what he does? The guy who's won three championships, the guy that LeBron said in the postgame interview, if I go to war with anybody, if you want to go to war with anybody, you want somebody in that circle, it's that guy. Put Udonis Haslam in the game. You put Myers Leonard in the game. You put Kelly Olenek in the game. See what UD does. Why not? Two or three minutes. Why not? I like that. I think that's a. I think we might see that actually. You know, just coming off of what we saw in the third quarter and him, you know, boosting up. But I like that. I think at least, like you said, at least give him a chance. I mean, he's been there yeah. and done that, and he's a professional, so he can play five minutes in a game. Like, I get not- he should be on the the <laughs> the Ice Cube Big Three. I get that. <laughs> But put him in the game, dude. Let him rough AD pretty boy up, which also I didn't understand the whole Shaq-Kobe question from the reporter to LeBron. LeBron compares himself more to Shaq, and then AD. That doesn't make any sense. LeBron, you are clearly more like Kobe. AD, you are just a hybrid of Kobe and Shaq mixed together. But get somebody in there who can rough AD up a little bit. AD is just doing what he wants to do. That last game, 30-plus, LeBron 30-plus. If you want a presence in the paint, you're missing out of bio. I say put Haslam in. Let him fuck you up in the eye a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, with that last take, we will get out of here. Thank you guys for tuning in to this week's episode. Thanks again to Kyle Alexander for coming on with us this week. It was good to hear his insights. Um, but with that, we will catch you next week, and we will keep you updated daily on our social media. That's at Man to Man Podcast on Instagram and at MTM NBA Show on Twitter. I mean, namaste to you guys. Namaste to you. Namaste. Guys. We hitting bets all night. Share with your moms. Pacing Nation, baby. <laughs> Straight hustling